0: welcome welcome to sunday school um, thank you to brother uh, warner for filling in for me he did fill in right you guys didn't just didn't sit here and say something he did i do appreciate him filling in the gap um, so uh, got back from our trip to florida um but it is good to be home this is home and i, I love being here this is our church so um the uh we finished our series, our, our Fun With Felt. We did about a 12, 12-part uh, 12 series on that. Um, just the stories of the Bible, which uh, helped to lay really what we're going to talk about today, a foundation. Uh, help lay a foundation of your faith, uh, understanding the, the, the truths in the Bible through stories that are actual truth, um, actually happened. And so that was what our whole goal was. Uh, but uh, we're now going to be talking about that foundation. We're going to be talking about uh um, the, the, the groundwork of where our faith is uh, in a foundation. Uh, uh, the foundation of faith. Now, now obviously, our faith starts with our salvation. So I pray that everybody here has gotten that settled. But just like a newborn baby, just, you know, uh, we have some newborns coming in. Uh, a, a, especially the wives want to know what the weight is. They want to know what the, the, the length is. And it's it's all neat to talk about that. And, you know, Some lady's going to have an 8-pounder. Some are going to have a 5-pounder. Whatever it's going to be, it's, just, it's perfect and it's wonderful in, in, in the sight of having a child. But six months from now, if that's, that 5-pounder 10 inches is still 5-pound 10 inches, if that's a thing. Maybe I'm wrong. 20 inches, maybe. Um, uh, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a little Lego person. Um, but if the, if the baby stays the same, there's a problem. There's a growth problem. That's why why all those checkups are very important. Is the the child growing on the growth chart? We we discovered with Anna. She was not. And so it was very important to find out why and take care of that. Same thing with our spiritual life. Same thing with our salvation. If we we are newborn um, in Christ when we get saved, that's great. That's wonderful. What a, what a great start for this life and a great end for our life in heaven. But there's so much more. If that was just it, hey, you got someone saved, good, they get to go, then, then there wouldn't be anything that, that we need to learn here. We got saved, we go. But God leaves us here. Um, his, he, it's His timing on when we'll see Him in heaven, either uh, through Through the end of this life or through his coming coming again? So, we're going to be talking about the foundations, building below the baseline. Um, And I think of uh, construction. We've done a lot of construction here. (laughs) And we got a pastor who knows construction. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad we have a pastor that has a lot of skill sets in his tool chest. Because I don't. I, you know, I, I when I, when I come out, I'm not I'm not lining anything up and saying, okay, from my expertise, we can do this. I am just like, okay, what do you want, What trash do you want me to take out? You know, so. Uh, but I would love to learn stuff like that. But I just don't have that. It's almost like an artistic mind of this building. And and uh, but we we did this wonderful, wonderful wonderful rejuvenation and renovation of the of an old special building to us. And it's still special. It's special in a new way. But that foundation was primary. We had to ensure that foundation was good. That foundation of that building was solid. Any adjustments that need to be made, anything that we need to do to make sure that the structure that we're going to put on top is being able to be held. It's, it's great to have that giant beam over the, over the fellowship hall, but if the foundation is not good, that beam's going to come down at some time. So foundation is so important, so we're going to be, uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to be worrying about and, and concerned about our foundation. Um, how many have ever seen, or, or anybody been to Italy and seen the Leaning Tower of Pisa? Did I say pizza? Pisa? I, I want pizza for lunch, sweetie. Um, so, no, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, it was not designed that way. It was designed to be a tower. It was designed to be a testament to the engineers. Well, the engineers stunk. They had a foundation of less than 10 feet for that giant structure. And even, and it took, it started in uh, 1711, I believe, is when they started. And it took uh, 11, I'm sorry, 1173 and 1372, just shy of 200 years it took to build that tower. It was already to the naked eye leaning. And it, it leaned so bad that in 1990, structural engineers, uh, took a ten-year project to to shore it up, to see what they can do to make it safer because uh, people coming around, they don't want it landing on somebody. Um, and all they could do, they could they could shore it up, but all they could do is get the lean out about sixteen inches. So it's still leaning. It's still this testament to poor engineering or poor, but uh, but it's interesting. But its foundation was not. Strong. Its foundation was not deep. It wasn't rooted. Uh, one more example. I had a, uh, uh, in John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you're the branches. Uh, it is very important that you are grounded in something. Okay? Uh, I, we had a project on the house. We, we had to, we had to do, do the tent-o-shame around our house because of some termites. And so we had to take anything that was living around the house away so it wouldn't die. And one of those was, a, a it's not a manzita, it's a, a mandavia vine. And it had, a, it had a history. It was this beautiful vine on the side of our house that, that the previous owner had put in when their father had died. Well, I had to move it. It was gonna die if it got, uh, if it was even near the tent. And so, so we, as far as we could, we cut the roots to get the balls and put them into some, some uh, uh, pillowcases and wet, put a lot of soil and wet it and everything. Within an hour, the leaves are shriveling. It was sad. I was just, I was so upset. Uh, we put it back. We're hoping the spring that, that it'll, it'll come back, but it lost its connection. It's lost what it needed, and it was so vital. Those roots were just, they were deep, apparently, and I didn't get far enough. And so, so we're, let's look at this foundation. We're going to be in Philippians um, uh, Philippians three, ten through 14. Uh, I have said this before. Um, uh, Paul, the wonderful, uh, uh, the wonderful apostle, who proves to us that no matter what your history is, God loves you and God wants to save you and wants to have a relationship with you. Paul is that proof. But he's hard to. Sometimes he's hard to read. I'll just admit it. He's hard to read. Sometimes I have to read several times to go, okay, what was he saying? Because he's, he's next level when it comes to um, to how he writes. But. Uh, there is there is good stuff here. So let's go to uh, verse 10 uh, of uh, Philippians 3, uh, uh, 10 through 14. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which Also, I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. If I may get also how Christ has gotten me. Uh, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, Um, but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Of God in Jesus Christ.'ve all a lot of us have heard that, that verse, We've read that verse, I pressed towards the, high, the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we are looking at uh, this building, uh, building this below the baseline. So uh, one of the things that Paul's talking about is a foundation. number one, a foundation of relationship, a foundation of relationship. We have several people in here who are married, uh, several people, who, a couple that are getting married. Um, it is very vital that um, there is a relationship between a husband and wife, there, there is a relationship that nobody else will have. And, and, it's, and, and, and the picture of it is so easy to think about. You know, well, yeah, I know how I'd, I'd want to be treated, I know how to want to treat the one I love, uh, it's very easy to see. it's, it's, it's right in front of you. We see we see good relationships, we see bad relationships uh, of people. Uh, we see people go, I don't know how they're still together. I, it happens. but but, we, it's, but Paul is talking about we're going to talk about a, first a foundation of a relationship in verse 10, uh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto, unto him. He's talking about developing a deep, Intimate relationship with God, partly just like the example of the child being born and not not growing, it's uh, it, it's staying still. Something's impeding its ability to grow. So so same thing in a relationship. We can get um, I've heard the old joke. Says the wife says, "You never say well, I love me, and you never say you love me to me anymore." Well, if something changed, I tell you. Well, no, that's, that's not how that works. Um, we need to be validated. We need to know um, that, that we are loved. We know we're loved by, cry, by God. I hope you do. Does he know? Does he, does he feel that same, that same love? Um, so we, we need to uh, develop on this relationship. How do we do that? We need to know his person. We need to know his, he's not, uh, not just the spirit not just the fact that he's this story, this, this, this untouchable God. He's a person. The person of God. Jesus Christ, the person of God. If we can keep that in the forefront of our minds, that will help us in our relationship. He is, he is with us. He is with us daily. He's with us um, hour by hour. He's there. We can know him. We need to know his person. Uh, in verse 17 of Ephesians 1, it says that the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. Uh, we need to know him. We want, we want to know him. Just as we know our spouses, our kids, our mom and dad. We need to know him. Now, how many of you, it's interesting when you get to meet somebody that's famous you know, and I, I dropped that on my, my daughters all the time. We would be watching a TV show. I go, yeah, I've had dinner with him. Um, yeah, he was at our house when I was a kid. Uh, oh, Chuck Yeager. Yeah, I know him real well. I don't know him real well. I've seen him. I've met him three times in my life. And every time he goes, hey, I know you. No, he doesn't. He doesn't know. Me. But I know him. I know of him. I know his accomplishments. Um, but, you know, that, that's kind of, yeah, name drop. People like to name drop, Right. But do we ever name drop on Christ? Yeah, I know Christ. But I know him. Because he knows me. Right? Uh, uh, So we want to have a personal, intimate, face-to-face relationship with Christ. Uh, So we need to know him as a person. If a Christian has been saved for a number of years and still doesn't know Christ personally and intimately, there's a problem in his foundation. So we need to know him as a person. We need to know his power. If we go back to that that verse, um, uh, according to, uh, well, let's go back to our our text here. In that first verse, uh, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection. Uh, Power in Greek is dunamis. Dunamis. Well, that's where we get the word dynamite. In, in, in English, so dunamis, uh a power—it's—it's it's a, a almost an uncontrollable power. I've been I've been watching some documentary documentaries on uh, on the Navy and sea power, and just seeing how the power of the naval forces have got have how they've changed over the years, and just the the the. I mean, it's just astronomical where we are today as compared to 100, 150 years ago. Or in the Bible's time when it comes to power and, and how that's projected. But, um, but we, we need to know his power. We need to be reminded that, yes, it's the person of Jesus Christ in our life. But he's God. He's got God's power. He had the power over death. And guess what? We get to tap into it. We have access to that power. Uh, I was in the airport last week and it stinks when your phone is getting down to its and you can't find a place to plug it in. You want power. In California today, they want you to get rid of your, your gas cars and they want you to be all electric. By the way, don't charge your electric cars right now because we can't maintain it. We can't control it. But it's a power issue. It's a power issue. So we want, um, we want to uh, have power. Second uh, Peter 1.3, according unto his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. That hath called us to glory and virtue. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. Let's look at 4 and 5. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Our faith is not in the wisdom of men, it's in the power of God. So we need to know Him as a person. We need to know Him, know His power, and we need to know His presence. He is with us. There's a communion. Pastor talked on fellowship and how maybe we've gotten it wrong on, on how fellowship really means. But um, in Philippians 3.10 and the final on the, that verse is, and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Um, if you notice, they put two words very close together, fellowship of his suffering. I remember when I went to college, and I don't know if Anna's going to go through this right now. She might. She's very much like me. But in a sea of people, it can be very lonely. Um, and her sister is doing her thing and studying her thing. She's not worried about Anna right now. she's worried about her thing. She's a junior, and it's next level. It's, it's different. But Anna is going to have times where, uh, and I had this where, wow, I'm all these people are here, but I'm lonely. And my mom reminded me that, mm, Christ is there. You're just... Have forgotten, or you have not looked and you have not reached out. And so I did uh, as a freshman. I did. I got very involved in, in a church and, and in uh, some campus ministries, and, and everything was great. And mom said, That's awesome. Things are good. You're with Christ. Remember, you were suffering and you, you turned to Him. Don't forget Him when things are going great. She was so wise. She's wise because, boy, did I. Come back second year, all your friends are there. You know? And so, so we many times search for the Lord in our deepest moments of, of suffering, our, our loneliness. And it's through this suffering that God's presence usually is most real in our lives. It's true. It's so easy when things are going well that you're just not, God becomes a side note. It's so easy, and that's what we're, why we're focusing on knowing him not just as um, somebody I know or somebody I've, I've, I follow, somebody I'm a fan of, but somebody who's important, integral part of your life. John Huss was a Catholic priest in Prague and at the Bethlehem Chapel in Prague in the early 1400s. And it was through John Wycliffe that Huss began to see the error of the Catholic Church. Because the church was preaching salvation by works. And he realized, no, the Bible's very clear. It's salvation by grace alone. And he began to pre- preach boldly on the truth of salvation by grace alone. And he gained the attention of the people and true crowds. And many got saved in Prague. Meanwhile, the Pope promised forgiveness of sins to, uh, to all who supported his leadership. Huss did not cower to the clearly, uh, from clearly pointing out the fallacy of the Pope's de- declarations. This caused great suffering for Huss. He was burned at the stake because of his refusal to comply to the Catholic Church's te- teachings. As the wood was lit and the flames licked his body, Huss cried out, What I taught with my lips I now seal with my blood. Lord, I commend my spirit to you. He knew the fellowship of Christ through suffering. And he's with the Lord today. So do we know that? Do we know that person? Do we know that power? Do we know his presence? Um, so that gives us a foundation of a relationship. But it's a form, number two, it's a formation of faith. It's a formation of faith. A faith that we need to have. A faith that we need to uh, show and live out. We just, we just got to send the girls to college and uh, Anna was the last one to leave. And, and I hope... My faith has been an example to her. I know that she, being family, she knows me better than uh, any other young girl. She, did, Cheryl knows me the best, but they can tell if it's real. They can tell if it's fake. So we need to f- have a formation of faith. So not only for us, but for our families. Um, so... The formation of faith. The promise of resurrection. Uh, let's go back to our text verse. Promise of resurrection. If by any means, this is verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, uh, though as not, those though I already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Uh, in Ephesians two, um, uh, verse five, it says, "Even when we were dead in sin, He hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. Ye saved. Uh, you're saved. are saved. At salvation, we be, we the believer has a spiritual resurrection. Our spirit was dead before salvation, but it was it was uh, resurrected uh, just as Christ was resurrected." Um, Experienced through, uh, through this, uh, we need to understand that we're dead to sin and alive to Christ. Dead to sin alive to Christ. Too many Christians are still spiritual babies and don't understand this. So we need to be quickened, which means to be made alive. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Uh, Romans six eleven. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. So, the promise of uh, promise of record, uh, resurrection, and uh, as we saw in number one, and the presence. Now we're in letter B. The process of transformation. The process of transformation. Transforming ourselves. In that verse, uh, go back to our text. Verse 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. uh, The word, I'm sorry, the word, to have attained uh, is to come to, to have arrived. None of us have arrived. And Paul is saying that. He has not arrived. He's, here's a man who's very studied in the word of God at that time. Uh, very religious man. But he has not attained. And especially, I believe, once he got saved, he realized he has not attained. He has come so short of his heavenly father. Um, so, so he recognized there's a process of transformation. There's a process where he's going to be renewed and re, redone, basically. As we spend time with the Lord and God's word and with godly people, Christ's likeness will begin to be reflected in our lives. Have you ever seen a, a young man? We've had a couple leave, leave here, go into the military. And when they come back, they're kind of different. The military has built them into the way they want them to be. In fact, in the military, when you go into basic training or you go to officer training, um, there's a breakdown process. It's not fun. It's a, it's a, it's a, a tearing away all the old stuff. And we're going to build you the way we, we want you to be built. But, but we do see a, a transformation happen. We see uh, maybe a confidence. Uh, someone who couldn't look in somebody's eyes, looking in their eyes now. Um, A strength maybe Uh, it's neat to see that transformation is there that transformation when it comes to our life with Christ do people see Christ in you or do they go really you're a Christian as I told the class a a few years ago in the singles I said uh, you know if you're going to do things that, that aren't Christ like please don't say you're a Christian You're not doing God any favors. You're not doing church any favors. You're not doing yourself any favors. You're just bringing confusion. But there's a transformation. Uh, So we need to be transformed. We need to uh, see what God is going to do to, so that we can seize um, uh, what needs to be taken. Uh, Paul was proclaiming in 3:12 in that he's going after the goal of Christ'-likeness, the goal of Christ-likeness, the want to be like Christ. That is his definition of attaining. And he knew he, he wasn't there yet. So we have the foundation of relationship. we have the formation of faith. Number three, we have the fixation of will. Fixation of will. Philippians 3, 13-14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He was fixed on the finish line. Now one of the rules of racing is you need to always focus on the finish line. You don't focus on the runner next to you. You focus on what's ahead of you. If the runner in front, if the runner beside you is ahead of you, he's in your periphery and you pass him. But you never focus on the crowd. You never focus on your glory of being in the lead. You focus on the end. And last rule of running is you run through the finish line. You don't run to the finish line, you run through it. Precious seconds are wasted when people slow down at the end. Because they're, they're, when they're going across the line, you've got to run through the finish line. So many f- have failed by losing their focus on the finish line. you uh, seen it in the Olympics. You've seen it in college or different uh, events where somebody's glorying in their, in their wonderful presence and their wonderful display of athletic, uh, athleticism to only be surpassed by that guy who is... He just got him by a nose. So you have to run. He, he was fixated on the finish line. Uh, f- fixated on finishing strong um, is, is not a, a one-time decision. Um, you can't just one time say, I'm going to go run this race. I'm going to win. I'm going to give it my all and win. You've got to train. There's, there's, a, there's a, daily, um, a daily will that, that has to happen. Uh, a daily will of, of going, you know what? I'm going to get in my Bible today. And I'm preaching to myself, guys. Sometimes you just go, I just don't feel like reading the Bible right now. I'm not, I'm not giving you an excuse. I'm not giving myself an excuse. I'm just saying it's it's struggle. It's a daily choice. It's a daily choice to communicate. It's a daily choice to pray, to communicate. He's talking to us. Or are we talking to him? He wants to hear the minutiae. He wants to hear what's on your heart. He wants to to know, uh, well, he knows. He wants you to express it. He wants you, because when we express it to him, we're we're validating the fact that he is our God. He is our creator. He is the one who controls the issues that we're having. So it is a daily choice. Um, So Paul, uh, letter A, he had to recognize his position. He had to recognize. I count not myself to have apprehended. In in uh, Philippians three thirteen, Paul was not complacent in his spiritual growth uh, to where it has been reached. Um, he he was already considered a great man, but he realized that he was nothing compared to his Savior. And he just wanted to draw close to his Savior. It wasn't about, he, he recognized his position. Even though he was a great man of God, recognized by other people, he had to be humble and, and, and still attain to Christ. He also rejected his past. This is one a lot of people struggle with getting over the past. You've met folks that just can't let go of the past. Now, there's two, two types of past there's the struggles. Paul was a representative of the fact that his past was black. His past was, um, he was a murderer. He killed, in the name of God, Christians. That would be hard to get over. That 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 would be hard to recognize the hurt that he did for the cause of Christ compared to what he was doing for the cause of Christ now. I mean, that, how many, I mean that, that's really, I don't know, I don't think any of us have had to have that to overcome. But things we do have to overcome is sometimes, many times, victories and successes. Well, I had a victory a year ago. I won that soul to Christ, or led that person to Christ, and, and they got saved, and haven't done much since, but basking in past victories, he rejected his past. He said, okay, I'm not, not concerned about that. Uh, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. He, this is about the race. This is not about the, the starting line I, I was at or where I was before the starting line. It's about that finish line. Paul's writing this from prison, by the way. He's suffering for Christ. He's writing this from prison and these words of how much he loves the Lord and just wants to attain to be closer to the Lord. He, so he's recognizing that he has to recognize where, who he is. He has to recognize uh, that he has rejected the past. And finally, he has to run to win the prize. It's not a competition against other people. And it's, and it's not this, this lie that happens with our, uh, our kids today that everybody gets a prize. It's not, not that. You're saved, you get the prize. But you want to attain it. You want to press towards the mark. This is from verse 14. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Press towards. Just run swiftly in order to catch a person or a thing. Uh, uh, to, run, to run towards He had a goal in view. He's sitting in prison. He recognizes that he is trying to attain Jesus Christ. He's gotten Jesus Christ. He knows Christ. Christ knows him. He's not going to stop there. It's it's a continual relationship building. In Hebrews 12, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the author of our faith. He is the finisher of it. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. Just like a marathon runner, we must press forward and give it our, give it our best. And we're not, It's not about the person next to us. It's about that end goal. It's about that finish line that we're going to run through. I want, let's let's run through that finish line to Christ. Uh, it's have you ever seen a, a runner that gave it their all and they literally collapse at the end? Usually, there's some trainer there ready to catch him. That's Christ. He's ready to catch us. Just run through. We all have paths. We all have uh, struggles and, and victories. We got. God, forget that. Let's, let's start now. Let's start new. Let's, let's, uh, let's attain. Let's shoot for that prize. So we're going to be focusing on the baseline. We're going to build below the baseline. We want to work on that these next few weeks. And so uh, I pray that you guys this week will um, dive in to your relationship with Christ. Uh, if it hasn't, if it have not been that way for a while, say, okay, new week. Let's start it. Amen. And let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. I just thank you for uh, your, your precious word, your love for us, Lord, no matter where we come from, no matter who we are, you love us. Lord, I pray for everybody here. I pray that, Lord, that salvation is set uh, in all the minds here, in all the hearts here, Lord. And I just pray that, Lord, uh, uh, you are glorified in our lives, Lord. We love you. Ask that you just be with us in the next hour. Be with the pastor as he brings the message. Soften our hearts to receive it, Lord, because you have something for us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, folks.